0: It's time that you know you're right, period. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Brown Woman Health Podcast. My name is Amik. And I'm Ishani. Um, today, we'll be talking about menstruation, a.k.a. periods in the South Asian community with a special guest, Kaban Sandhu, an anchor of her own podcast. This podcast isn't for everyone. Before we get started, remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Brown Woman Health, and we have content exclusives on there that you don't want to miss out on.
1: In today's episode, we'll be talking to Kamen Sandu, a special guest who is a podcaster herself. Check out, this podcast isn't for everyone. Kamen is also an MPH student and has an amazing Instagram page, which you can follow at Common.mph. Welcome to the show, Kamen. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good. Um, Canada is currently experiencing a heat wave. So I've just been trying to live through that Uh, today. I'm not built for this kind of weather. I like definitely prefer winter over summer, any day, um, any day of the week. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm based in Oklahoma and it's like so hot here too, but like it's been raining for the past couple of days. So like it's a nice respite from the heat. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where are you up to these days? And, you know, what are your summer plans and so on?
2: Sure. Um, So I am currently a master's of public health student um, in Canada. I go to the University of Alberta. And I am, I guess, going into my second year now of the health policy and management stream. Um, What I've been doing this summer, a lot. I actually didn't think it was going to be a busy summer, like, At all, I thought I was going to actually take a break this summer. Um, I've been like working, I think every summer since 2011. So I have like never not worked and I had promised myself not to do it, but here I am again with a job um, (laughs) this summer. So I've been doing that. Um, I also run the student association at our university, like within the school of public health. So I've been busy um, sitting on committees, trying to prepare for the fall. Um, running my page trying to figure out what I want to do with it and working on a secret project for it so it's like a lot of stuff going on in the summer that I didn't think would ever happen
0: <laughs> that's so cool um and yeah I like working every summer since 2011 sounds a lot you look like, like, 10 years but um I mean as long as it's rewarding I hope it's not as draining but I don't know it sounds like a lot um but yeah thank you so much for being on our podcast and the reason why we really wanted to have you on is because of the series that's on the page that you mentioned it was in in the month of May but it was a series on post on menstruation and I learned so much from it and like a lot of the content that you put out there was things I wouldn't even have thought of like that that I like wouldn't want to know about periods or like things that were just very like out of the box and like super fascinating to learn about like um there is something about uh astronauts and how like uh periods work in space and I thought that was very like I would not have thought of that but (laughs) very very cool um but yeah so what got
2: you to start a series like that Uh, Great question. So when I was younger, I think I have always been terrified about talking about periods, like, it's just something that nobody like ever talked about with me. And I had to figure a lot of this stuff out on my own. Um, And when I started my Instagram page for public health, I really wanted to talk about topics that were of interest to me and things that I was really passionate about. Um, And so every May, I do menstruation May, And it just happens to fall with the menstrual health day, which is I think on May twenty eighth, But that was a coincidence. It's not the reason why I did it (laughs) in the month of May. But the reason why I did it is because the first time I ever got my period was in the month of May. Um, And just to honor that and to like celebrate that, I thought it'd be kind of nice to dedicate an entire series to it because I feel like I'm constantly learning more and more about periods um, as I get older. And I feel like it's really important for people who do experience uh, periods just to learn more and there's like a lot of fun facts about periods that (laughs) I think people need to get to know
0: no yeah I absolutely love them and I think you're right even when I was growing up it was so weird for me to talk about periods and just even saying the word or even when I got my first one I was very like secretive about it and I was like oh I told my best friend I was like I have a secret to tell you And I was like, don't tell anyone else. And it was like this really strange way, I think, looking back. And then she told, like, the whole lunch table, and I got super mad. Um, But I think that was just – it just goes to show, like, we're like taught not to really tell people. And then if you do tell people, it's very secretive.
1: Um, But, yeah. So going off of what Amit was just saying, you know, we don't – you know, there is this – we're very secretive of of periods. You know, it's – just consider something to be something to be ashamed of, you know, something that we can't share in public. It's considered gross, or you know, and there is like this awkward handling of period products, especially you know when you know it's men doing it. It's so like um, so, especially in South Asia, like these things are a lot more um, like even now, even though like there is like some awareness in the Western societies, I feel like South Asian culture is built in a way, you know. There has been this generational, um, um, I guess, perpetuation of this this um, view that peers we should be ashamed of peers or it should be something we should not talk about. So, like, how has your own experience been dealing with that? And like, what like what are some other ways that people perpetuate this stigma, especially in the South
2: Asian community? Um, so I definitely grew up in a household like where we didn't talk about periods ever. And, um, I even remember the first time I got mine, like I said, it was the month of May. I remember I was delivering cupcakes to the school that morning. Uh, for my teacher's birthday and the morning that I woke up I like had received it and I knew like like I knew what to do but I also had learned all that information I think in the fifth grade and this was the eighth grade when the first time I ever got my period and most of my friends have already had theirs so I was like in their opinion a late bloomer um, (laughs) for not like getting theirs yet and I just remember like not telling my mom because I felt too embarrassed to do something like that because I just remember like not ever having conversations about bodies or never having conversations about, um, you know, the different changes that a person's body might be going through. And it just felt so embarrassing that I just didn't want to do. Um, I just did not want to have that talk. And I like definitely bled through my jeans that day. Uh, by the time I came home from lunch and I still didn't want to have a conversation with her about it. Cause I was like, I'm just going to figure this out, um, on my own. And I just remember when she kind of, she basically found out, cause obviously you probably would have just been able to so blood on my jeans anyways. And she just threw a box of pads at me, didn't say a word and like walked away. Um, I was thankful for that box. Cause I just didn't have enough pads at all for myself. Um, but It was just still this really awkward um, time. And even like now to this day, I don't feel like we ever have these conversations Um, and I'm okay with it now. But like younger, I felt like I needed that support. And I think the stigma comes with the fact that when it comes to South Asian culture and especially like the one that I grew up in, um, it's hard to talk about these things because women are often or not all women menstruate, but most of the time if women are menstruating, then there's this idea that it's unclean and it's dirty and you can't talk about it because like, and the men are going to know. And if the men are going to know about this stuff, like God forbid uh, that stuff happens. Um, So then we keep it all hush hush. Right. And we don't have these conversations. Like even my own grandma, if she ever knew that I was on my period, she'd whisper to me and she'd be like, are you sick? Is that what it is? She's like, "Are you sick?" And I'm like, "I'm not sick. I'm fine." And she's like, "No." And then she'll like point to <laughs> my crotch and she'll be like, "Are you sick?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not. I, I'm not on my period. Thanks for asking, though." <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just because of the way that we keep things so silent, and that's also really prevalent in a lot of different um, any kind of like health area, I feel like in South Asian culture, we just don't talk about it enough.
1: So period is treated like a handicap, in the sense that, you know, women, you know, if women are being emotional, or, you know, their their genuine feelings of anger or sadness is, you know, it's deemed hormonal, or, you know, in a way, period is used to invalidate women's experiences. At the same time, the physical symptoms of the periods are tribalized or minimized or, you know, people are ignorant of how painful it can be for some people. And there are terms associated with periods like, you know, gross, awkward, messy. And something that bothers me a lot is, is how we refer to like, um, I guess, you know, when when, when it leaks out, we refer, refer to it as stain and the word itself kind of, there's this connotation that something is dirty so do you think this kind of language and like just this this just this perception collective perception we have do you think this 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 empowers women and like how does it do so
2: yeah I feel like language is so important like in any kind of context like whatever we're basically talking about the way that people describe things or choose to describe um, an experience or you know a product or whatever it may be is so critical to how other people start to perceive it. So if we are continuously using words like "oh, periods are gross, they're dirty, you're gonna be um, really emotional during this time, so I can't talk to you," then all like all of a sudden it's yes, for sure, hundred percent like invalidating that person's experience, but also you know it's like that backbone of the stigma. So when as soon as you start using language that starts making people feel like they can't come forward and talk about their experiences like there's still some people out there who have such horrible periods like where they are bedridden um and like literally can't do anything and maybe they're suffering in silence because they feel really awkward you know coming forward to talk about these things and i truly, truly believe that the language that we use around periods also impacts a lot of the research that comes forward about menstruation. We simply do not know enough about um, the female reproductive system as much as we actually should know. Um, Even like a current post that I had made um, during menstruation May was around COVID-19 vaccine and also menstruation. And there were so many people that were impacted um, by the COVID-19 vaccine, just experiencing like just like irregular periods, or maybe they were spotting while they were actually in menopause, um, or some people experienced like much heavier periods, while other people experience lighter ones, um, or their like cycle adjusted a little bit. Um, and the fact that it wasn't actually included in the studies originally just shows that when we talk about things in a certain way, we don't want to include it then. Um, when it comes to research and studies. So I do think language is so important, because without it, it's hard for people to come forward to talk about their experiences. But also it's hard for like policymakers and researchers and anyone in academics to also take that stuff seriously. um, And actually want to put resources and time and energy into trying to understand uh, menstruation more and just like the reproductive system more in general as well.
0: Yeah, I was just listening to another podcast the other day, specifically on like women's health and research. And there's significantly a lot less research in that field. And like the number, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was like a very low number and it's shocking to hear that. Um, And things like endometriosis, which is common. um, It's something that really impacts you during your period. Um, That's, so, like, no one even knew what endometriosis was like 10 years ago, and now people are starting to know what that word is. Um, so, there are just like studies like that that's out there. So, that's a really good point as well when it comes to research and like policy and all of that. We, I think a part of it, and l- let me know if you agree with this, but I think a part of it is just needing more like female representation in research and in these spaces because, you know, people won't think about it unless. You have that set of diversity in voices and knowing what to research on, but yeah, there's so much to do in that field. And it's absolutely insane.
2: Yeah, like I definitely agree with that point. I also think it's not even just representation. I also think it comes down to things like misogyny and also the patriarchy, like believing that um, men are you know superior to women or superior to other genders and that stuff's not okay because then they start to control a lot of the resources and the assets of like what we're actually going to start learning um, at the end of the day. So I do think representation is important, but I also think it's a responsibility of people who are not menstruators to also learn about periods um, so that they can take that information to help menstruators in their own life, but also advocate it, like advocate for it on a more systems level change as well. Um, It's everybody's responsibility collectively. Like if we have to learn about like erections and erectile dysfunction and that stuff is like paid through pharmaceuticals and all that sort of stuff, a lot more should be covered uh, when it comes to uh, reproductive health for females as well.
1: So, like what you do on your Instagram page. And I guess what we're doing right now is, you know, talking about these things and, you know, discussing these issues and recognizing, you know, there's a problem and you just need to talk about it and bring more awareness and stop stigmatizing it. This, so this is like kind of the way out of all the, I guess, bad things associated with, Pure, like not bad things, but like you know the way it has been, you know, not talked about and just been neglected as a woman's health issue and all those things. So how how do you think we can start talking about menstruated menstruation, kind of normalize periods, bleeding, and period products, and what you know physical symptoms or experiences that women go through when they're having their periods, just everything I guess period related that is not yet. Um, That is still, you know, censored by society.
2: Honestly, I think um, the easiest way to do it is just to start talking about it with people that one, you're comfortable with. Because I think... Um, you can tell anybody to be like, yeah, start sharing your story. But if it's like not a safe space for somebody to share a story, especially about something that they may feel truly uncomfortable about, um, talk about it with your best friend. Talk about it with your mom. Talk about it with your grandma. Um, Although I'm like thinking about whether or not my BB would ever appreciate me talking about my period, probably not. Um, But like talk about it with people that you genuinely trust and then open up that conversation. I do also think it's the responsibility Of a school system. So, just going back to your point, um, Amik, around, you know, you were separated when you were taking your sex ed class. So, I used to be a sex ed teacher, um, and I don't even know how many classes that I've taught, but it was always together um, that we would teach these classes. And I just remember sometimes in classrooms where the non-menstruators in my class would be like why am I learning about this like I don't want to learn about periods this is so boring and I like I would make it a point I'm like guess who probably has a period in your house and they'd be like who like your mom like your mom probably has a period Um, I was like your grandma if you have a grandma probably had their period at some point probably not right now but like once upon a time Um, and it's really important to learn that we would always have those conversations about why is it important for everyone to know. So I do think it's like, it's the responsibility of the education system as well to have evidence-based and actually clear understanding of what menstruation is and, and it to be taught by everybody. Um, and also just to follow, like, if you're just into social media, follow people who, um, talk about this stuff. Like I do it, Mostly in May, but I'm always open to having conversations outside of that month. Um, but there's de- like definitely pages that are dedicated to these things. Like I'm trying to think of some in the top of my head. Like I think if this is August, there's somebody named Chelsea who does a lot of these uh, posts around periods. Um, if people are looking for somebody who... I think like, that's how it like her career got launched, but Rupi Gaur like, had a, an entire post about, or a poem, sorry, um, about periods that really caught a lot of media attention many years ago, like many, many years ago. Um, there's just so many great activists that spend a lot of their time talking about it. So even engaging with that content and learning more about periods is really helpful because then it builds confidence, right? Like if you don't have the confidence to talk about something, you're not going to talk about it. Um, so I think it's about educating yourself trusting people who, you know, would actually take the time to listen and then feeling comfortable about actually sharing it with other people. Um, Like, I know myself, I'm still on that journey of like growing and learning and like being more comfortable talking about it. I'm not claiming that I'm like the most vocal person out there. Like I said, even in my own household, like I don't really talk about it because I just don't see the point at this point. But if somebody brings it up, yeah, I would definitely just be like, yeah, I'm on my period. Yes, I'm bleeding right now. Like, <laughs> like I'd be very like upfront about it. But if no one asks, then I don't really like I don't really care to say anything, um, whatsoever. But I just do think it's just to summarize: having conversations, educating yourself, engaging with people um, who love to have these types of conversations and talk about their experiences, and then also feeling comfortable actually bringing it up with your doctor. Um, so if your doctor ever says something messed up about your period, like acknowledge it, address it. Um, and try to change that conversation, too, because I do think that doctors have a long way to go to learn about menstruation, but that has to go back with their education system and how it needs to get better about talking about it, too. That's
0: a fair point. I don't think we think about that very often, like when we go to the doctors and have these conversations. Um, And another question is uh, a lot of the times, and I know my friends have asked this question as well, but how do you explain periods and even, like, PMS to people who don't menstruate? So mostly just, like, men in general. Any tips on
2: that? Um, That's a great question. I know how to explain it to, like, kids. But, like, I think the way that I do it is just very, like, open and honest. Like, if a man or a non-menstruator came up to me and was like, what's a period? I'd be like, it's literally my body releasing blood every single month approximately every single month Um, and i would probably explain how it feels like sometimes you know people get a lot of cramps people um get like tender breasts sometimes people get like really bloated during that time um, or like hormonal acne happens during that time. there's a lot, there's a lot of body changes, so I'd probably like walk through the different body changes. Um, I've been personally blessed. I don't really actually have a lot of like symptoms <laughs> when I'm on my period at all, which is really nice, and I hope, it stays that way. Um, but sometimes people back ends up hurting while they're on their period too, because it's their uterus like actually contracting. And then I would show what that looks like. So if you like open your hand and you like open and close it, like that's what your uterus is doing um, inside of your body just to push out all of the blood, but also to push out all the lining. Um, and then the way that I would describe it is that reasons why people have their period is just to prepare for a potential pregnancy um but I personally love like explaining periods to kids because I have such a fun story that goes with it um and it always just makes them really excited when I share it (laughs) that's so nice (laughs) yeah I think
0: for me like my biggest thing was I never used to have like any different emotions when it came to periods except then like I guess a couple months ago, I realized, oh, I do get super, like, emotional and sad, and then just explaining that to others was, like, it was weird, like, I just, like, I don't, I was able to frame it properly, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I get really sad, but, like, I'm still sad, so don't invalidate my feelings or anything like mm-hmm. that, so there's that, and I you know, like, because I was telling a friend that she was, like, same, like, I don't know how to explain this to my boyfriend who doesn't understand why I'm so sad, but, like, Yeah. It's like, I think that's also something that I know I always get stuck on. Um,
2: but yeah, no, for sure. I think it's important to know that like, whatever you're feeling during your period is so valid to your experience. Um, and you can even sometimes even look at it as like an amplification of how you're feeling too. Like if you're feeling really happy, maybe you'd feel like extra happy, like while you're on your period, if you're feeling like upset or sad about something, um, it might be amplified a little bit more that's why i say periods are magic it's just also amplifying your emotions so another way to reframe it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm that's something i really like by just you know
1: positively reframing most stuff. <laughs> um yeah um so my next question is like um as if you know i've been discussing you know there are all these terms like periods are dirty or unclean or Um, so it's like, there's this concept of decency surrounding menstruation, um, that kind of deems menstruation indecent. Do you think this is kind of based on the concept of male gaze gaze? Oh my God. Male gaze. In the sense that, you know, men need to, you know, men have this perception of female um, femininity or desirability. And for some reason, like just imagining or thinking of uh, women or religious people who menstruate, uh, kind of, it diminishes in a way their uh, desirability. So that's one of the reasons we have uh, all this talk about how Peter's are indecent, so what I'm, I guess, trying to say is, do you think this this concept of decency is just based on, like, catering to the male gaze, you know, and maintaining the ideal, idealized form of femininity that's, you know, that's just ideal, pure, and, you know, does not, like, does not menstruate,
2: basically? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm going to say something really spicy. So the male gaze is, in, like, my opinion, and I think in the opinion of a lot of different people, it's rooted in infantilizing women. So like, even just to talk about it in a broad sense, um, when we talk about the male gaze, sometimes men will be like, oh, I don't like women with body hair. I don't like when women have hair on their vulva. I don't like when women, um, you know, like look more masculine. I don't like when women um, are like super tall or like have a deeper voice or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, And it's also because then you can compare it to a kid, like kids don't really have a lot of body hair. Kids uh, don't have typically the really deep voices, they'll have like more of a high pitched voice. Kids are really um, like more pure and innocent and childlike, because they're still growing up and trying to like learn. And that's how men want or expect women to be. And it's messed up to think about it that way that like men are infantilizing women. And that's why they also have this idea of like, I need to protect this woman. I need to like do things for this woman. And it's because you're literally infantilizing an adult that is more than capable of taking care of themselves. Um, And that's kind of what it comes with periods. Like blood is kind of sometimes in adjacent to like gore or horror or like scary things. Um, And that does not fit in the box that the male gaze often puts women into. And and then it also doesn't fit into the whole infantilization also of women as well. Just being like, why is this woman bloody? Like kids aren't like that. So it's actually really messed up. So I do I do think it is the male gaze that also perpetuates a lot of this stuff too. Um, and I also, going back to like the advertisement thing, when they picture, you know, the period commercials, they're done in such like a light and airy and like super feminine kind of a way and it's like so childlike and mesmerizing but that's not what periods are like that's not realistic um and that's why it goes back into education Was really important for people to know what it actually is like and to actually normalize these things too
0: (laughs) that is such a cool point like I didn't even realize like I I I kind of saw like the whole idea of like male gaze and like it making women like more like mute in a sense and all that but i never thought of like the whole body hair thing and like compare it to a kid and that that that's really interesting um so yeah i just wanted to add that um but also uh i guess another question that we had are actually another thing to add on um towards the idea of like the different stigmas um i found another like list of stigmas and i thought like some Of these are actually pretty crazy, so I'm gonna like list out like the ones that really popped up. But one of them is, uh, like you said, periods are magic, except in, in some parts of India, they say period blood is magic but in an evil sense, oh. um, so like black <laughs> magic. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's still kind of was- cool though, <laughs> yeah. Um, it says that in some regions, women throw their used pads at a road crossing to cast evil eyes slash magic on others and anyone who steps over a used pad is said to be the victim of an evil eye or magic so i guess we can use them as spells i thought that was kind of funny um and then another one was just like um well, one other thing that I think you've seen is just the idea in the Asian community to stray away from the use of pads and use tampons. I mean, sorry, opposite. Use um, pads and not use tampons. Um, so I thought that was really interesting as well. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that both of you saw um, growing up, but I, I've definitely seen that. And, like, I think, like, just that's also been an interesting conversation with, like, some of my friends and I. It's just like, hmm, like, why haven't used it? And, like, there's also kind of, a you're attached to using a tampon
2: or a pad um but yeah yeah I have a lot of thoughts on that one too and like I think the big reason why the whole pad versus tampon debate comes from is the idea that if somebody uses a tampon it's going to take away their virginity and let's just make it very clear very extremely clear Virginity is a social construct. It actually does not exist. Nobody can actually take a take away somebody's virginity. It doesn't. It's not even a real thing. Um, at the end of the day, when someone chooses to have sex with another person, that's all it really is. Um, it's not this magical, weird, I don't know thing. And so, if somebody uses a tampon, it's the tampon is not having sex with that person. The tampon is having a purpose of collecting the fluid that is coming out of their uterus. And that is all the tampon is there for. That's all it is. So I do think that's what it ties to, right? There's a lot of like that policing of um, women's bodies. Cause I know there's lots of cases where, you know, parents will come to doctors offices with their kids to be like, you need to make sure that my kid um, is still a virgin, but that's the thing. That doesn't, you can't look at somebody's vulva and be like, yeah, this person had sex, like 100%. No, You can't, you can't, like you, there's literally no way you can tell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love your answers. They're like just so well, you know, well- framed and, you know, well put and, like, you know, you're bringing up, like, all these issues that, you know, that are very easy to, like, skip over that we don't think about a lot, but they're, like, so, so, so important. Like, just for a second, going back to the male gaze and decency thing they were talking about, I recently read this quote somewhere. That said, um, it's not related to this uh, menstruation per se, but it said when Beyonce was a child, we adultified her, and when she, when when she, you know, when she became an adult, we infantilized her, and that kind of like struck me because just so, you know, when you know women are young and you know we we sexualize them, right? We sexualize so much them so much, you know, when they're they're in their teens, preteens, and then when they grow up, we infantilize them, and it's just
2: so toxic. It is so messed up. No, I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I
1: guess another question would be, um, so like if you had to direct um, people that are interested, you know, in educating themselves about these issues, especially since they're like so nuanced and, you know, they're like things that are so important but so easy to miss. Like what are some sources or resources you would, direct
2: them to um you can always check out my page that's like a small little plug for myself i definitely love talking about all these different topics and like having like really open and honest conversations about them um but i think there is like the period movement uh they do a lot of advocacy work in the united states um around getting um like the pink tax essentially cut or the period tax cut um in a lot of states because it still exists um, there's different organizations like sexual reproductive health clinics that might also do a lot of different advocacy work as well. Even having these conversations like with your teacher or like with your doctor, um, with somebody else who's a menstruator in your life might be a good way to start. And honestly, it never hurts to do a quick little Google search um, if you're trying to learn more about you know, different topics. Like when I was trying to figure out what actually does happen in space when someone has their period, um, it was literally a Google search and just me trying to find credible sources to then inform my post um, that I made.
0: (laughs) That was pretty fun, but yeah. Um, But thank you so much for being on our show. We learned so much about periods. Like Ashani said, like all of your answers are so like informative and so interesting to just learn more and like you brought up some things that like I didn't even consider when first like thinking about like the word period or menstruation um but the next part of this segment is a rapid fire so Shani and I like stalked you a little bit and tried (laughs) to find um, fun questions to ask you about uh yeah about just like you and like life I guess um so the way this works is we're just going to list out things we'll I guess alternate between each question. Um, and yeah, you can answer the first thing that comes to your mind, you no know, thinking because that's cheating, and then a little explanation if you'd like um, for why you took it, whatever. Um, so the first question, um, and I'm going to start with just like a periods related one, but tampons, pads, or period underwear? Because I know you've tried that out
2: on your page. Uh, <laughs> period underwear, 100%. I will never go back uh, to um, pads or tampons. <laughs>
0: is it because it's like more sustainable yeah
2: definitely more sustainable way more comfortable um and it saves me a lot more money like I don't have to spend money every other month on like buying products and things so I really appreciate that
0: (laughs) um the next question is uh in one of your posts you mentioned you love binging Netflix so what are you currently watching
2: um, I recently just finished watching Shit's Creek for the fourth time, and now I'm gonna watch New Girl for the third time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Canadian shows are just so much better. Like Shit's
0: Creek um, and Kim's Convenience have been like my favorite. I love yeah.
2: Kim's Convenience. It's such a good TV show.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's sad how it ended, but
1: yeah, it's a good <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to add something but the thing is I just don't watch mostly for some reason I don't watch things (laughs) um so since it's summer what's your favorite summer activity
2: um lately it's just been going on walks with one of my cousins um like we're still kind of in pandemic things, so there's not a lot of things that I have been up to over the summer. Um, But everything is actually opening up here um, on July 1st, no restrictions, I'm actually quite terrified. Um, But going on walks has been really nice.
1: (laughs) If you had to describe yourself in three words, like
2: which three words would you choose? Um, Passionate, uh, creative, and a leader. I totally agree with those two. You it was so obvious, you know, throughout this
1: conversation, especially the passion part. Yeah, you know, it's it's inspiring how you know passionate you are about these things.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um, and then the last question we have is: Do you have any book recommendations?
2: So many. Like, do you want um, like more educational ones, or do you want like fictional? I don't know. <laughs>
0: like, like, what are your favorites for, like, nonfiction and fiction? Um,
2: currently, I've been reading a lot of Sarah J. Mass, like, as my fun book thing. I have, like, my little Kindle thing here. Hold on. There's just, like, so many books that I've read. Um, I'm also reading 21 Things You Didn't Know About the Indian Act. Um, so that talks about the Indian Act here in Canada. Um, what else have I been reading? Um, I read a really good book last month what is it called? It, there's a TV show based on it. Little Fires Everywhere. That was actually really good. Um, so I'd recommend uh, that book as well. That was for the book club that I was on. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say on the top of my head. There's a lot of books that I've read. I'm just terrible at remembering all of them. <laughs> that's so awesome.
0: I really keep saying, like, I want to get back into reading and like, it just, I'll get into a book and then I'll leave it on the side and then I'll get back to it like way later. So I'm still reading Atomic Habits for the past three months now, um, but hopefully we'll finish that. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being on our show. Those are all our rapid fire questions. And uh, we learned literally so much and like talking to you was so nice as well. Um, and to those listening, make sure to follow Gumin at at Combin.mph on Instagram and as well as check out her own podcast. And it's amazing. I listened to like a little bit of it as well um the farmers protest episode um and i think it's it's really important stuff and the conversation is so candid um but thank you for listening to the brown woman health podcast and come and thank you for being on
2: our show yeah thanks so much for having me i'm excited to actually listen to it when it's out <music>